You're listening to audio from Calvary Baptist Church of Port Austin. If you'd like to check out more resources or learn more about us, please visit cbcportaustin.org. There are a few things in the Christian life that are more important uh, for the well-being of yourself, of your family, of our church as a whole, than prayer. One preacher said this, Doubtless, one of the regrets we will have when we get to heaven will be that we did not spend more time in prayer, especially when we realize the extent to which our prayers were answered. And um, over and over and over again in the scriptures, we're exhorted to pray. Um, We're told over and over to pray. In James 5.16, it says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In James 4.2, he says, Ye have not, because ye ask not. A lot of us haven't received the blessings that God wants to work through us in our lives because we simply haven't asked God to use us. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. And we could go verse after verse after verse where we're commanded and we're exhorted to pray. I love how my commentator put this. He said, as those of us who have been adopted into God's very family. Think about that. We've been adopted into God's very family. Those of us who have, we have full and free access to the Father and should seek him for his gracious blessing upon our lives, which he delights to give. And I I mean, we could just keep going with this, and we all know it. We all know that prayer is important. We would all agree, yeah, prayer is probably really important. I should probably pray more. But a lot of us don't know where to start with that. We don't know what it looks like necessarily to pray. And thankfully, these verses here get at the practical level. Now, we could get really high up with theology and prayer and and ask some really tough questions. But right here, Paul just kind of gives us some easy, simple characteristics that we can apply to our prayer life. So let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into the message. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Thank you for your word and how it speaks to our hearts and lives. And and Lord, thank you again for such practical passages like today that, that we can immediately take and apply to our lives. And Lord, I just ask that today you would fill me with your spirit so that it would be your word speaking. Um, and, and Lord, I just hope that all of us can leave today being changed by your word. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we open this, we can really just look in the verse and we can see three characteristics that Paul brings out. And he really just, to keep it simple, I'll give you all three really quick. Um, He says, be devoted in prayer, be vigilant in prayer, and be thankful in prayer. And so we're going to walk through each of those. And the first one is be devoted in prayer. In verse 2, he says this, continue in prayer. Now before we go too far, I do want to give a quick definition of prayer because Because that might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? And so I think it's helpful. One of the things we've been going through on Sunday mornings is um, that New City Catechism. And we're walking through it and it gives questions and answers. And so I look there because I've been sending you there to learn things. And this is the definition in question 38. So we'll be getting there later in the year. It says this prayer is pouring out our hearts to God in praise, petition, confession of sin, and thanksgiving. I think that's a really good um, broad definition of what it is. It's pouring out our hearts to God in praise. So we're thanking him, we're praising him. Petition, we're asking him for things, right? Just to bring it down simple. Um, Confession of sin. So those of us who've been bought with the blood of Christ, we're forever bought with the blood of Christ. We're forever saved, but at times we sin. And so we go to God simply to repent of that sin and to ask for that uh, restoration of fellowship. Okay, we're not getting saved again. But we're just confessing the fact that we have fallen and we need his forgiveness continually. And lastly, Thanksgiving, um, just being thankful. And that's going to be something that we see right here in this passage. And so that's a great definition. So when Paul says continue in prayer, he's saying continue in that. 
Continue pouring out your hearts to God in these several different areas of prayer, praise, and, and, and asking for things and confession of sin. And so when you look at that word continue, um, that's where I got the word devoted from. Because in the Greek, it, it really has this idea of persistence, of being devoted to it, of staying steadfast, of persevering. Um, it has this idea of just keep on praying. So continue is a great word. But be devoted in your prayer life. So many times we, we pray maybe one time and we give up. But what is Paul saying? He's saying, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a lot of fruit. Sometimes it feels like we're talking to the ceiling at times. But he says, continue in prayer. Don't give up. Keep pressing forward. Um, one commentator said this. Paul highlights the need not only to pray, but to make prayer a standard feature of the Christian life. Devote yourself to prayer. The point then is not that believers should pray with intensity here when they pray, but that they should pray habitually and with perseverance. So when he says continue in prayer, he's not necessarily saying you should be sweating and you should be gripping your, your hands and just on your knees and, and, and you've got these bruises on your knees because you've been praying for hours. He's just saying just keep going. right? Even if your prayer life seems weak and it seems ineffectual, just keep praying because it's making a difference Far beyond what you may even realize in this life. So be devoted in your prayer. Now, some of us, um, when we come to this idea of continuing, we kind of feel like, should we continue? I mean, sometimes I ask God for things and, 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 I, and I ask and ask and ask and then I just feel like he doesn't maybe want me to have it. And we have this idea that we're kind of like that little kid that goes up to the mom and they're like, mom, mom, mom. Mom, right? And, and it's almost like mothers have this gift where they can just tune that out, right? And just keep on going with their lives. And, and uh, the husband's like, do, do you hear this, right? Um, and so they're just saying, Mama. And we feel like that when we're going to God sometimes, like we're just asking and asking. And, and we're like, I just don't want to bother God with that. I've, I've actually heard people tell me before, I don't like to pray for physical needs a lot because I feel like I'm just bothering God. And that is just completely opposed to what Scripture teaches. And so I want to give you a few things that I think will kind of help show you this. In Revelation 5.8, it says that God has golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So he's got these vials just filled up with our prayers that are like incense to him. I mean, he loves it. He loves to hear from his people. Shane and I were talking just on the way over here how the Bible talks about him singing over his people. I mean, shouting over us like... A lot of you, if I said, do you know that God loves you? Um, you would say, yeah, I know that. But you don't really grasp the depth of how much he really loves his people. It's incredible to think about. And so our prayers right here, it says they're like incense to God. I mean, he just loves to hear our prayers. Um, next in Proverbs 15, 8, it says, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. So he delights in our prayers. He delights to hear from us. Um, if we keep going in Isaiah 62, verses 6 through 7, God talks about setting some watchmen, and, and he said, I'm going to set out some watchmen for your people, and here's what they're going to do. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. He says, don't give me any rest until I answer your prayer. That, that's, that's like asking us to keep coming. That's asking us to say, Dad, 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 right? Don't give him any rest because he doesn't get weary. He doesn't get to the point where he's annoyed with us. He loves us. He beckons us into his presence. And we have the privilege as his sons and daughters to go to him in prayer. So he's saying, hey, don't give me any rest until I answer your prayer. Keep on praying. Keep on going. Continue in prayer. Be devoted in prayer. 
And then I, I wish we had time, but in Luke chapter 18, Jesus gives a story. And he gives a story about an unjust judge and this little persistent widow who just keeps asking him to hear her case. And I mean, every time she sees the guy, she's like in his face, like, I need you to hear my case. I need you to hear my case. And he just keeps telling her no. And he gets to the point, and it's Luke 18, if you want to read it. It's a great story. Um, and he just keeps saying no and keeps saying, finally, he says, this, this lady's going to drive me crazy. So I'm going to hear her case. And he said, if an unjust judge will respond to that persistence, how do you think your heavenly father will respond? So don't give up. Don't, don't just pray once and be like, oh, I guess it wasn't God's will. I give up. Right? No, no. Keep going. Keep praying. Continue in prayer. Be devoted in prayer. That's what he's saying here. All right? And so for a lot of us, again, we, we get into this cycle and we'll hear this, this, this verse or we'll hear a, a message on this and, and we'll have a really good prayer life for like two days, right? Like, oh, I'm really guilty. My prayer life's horrible. So a preacher said to pray, so let's pray. And then, and then it kind of fades. So, so how do we kind of keep this thing going long term? And I think the next phrase in the verse actually helps us with this. It says, continue in prayer and watch in the same. So what is he saying? He's saying not only be devoted to prayer, but also be vigilant in prayer. Be watchful in prayer. Now, if you're like, what in the world does that mean? Um, really, to simplify it, it just has the idea of to be aware, to be awake, right? That's a good start. Um, to be alert. Okay, that's what the idea of watchfulness, of vigilance is. And so, what are we supposed to be awake to? Because you're like, well, yeah, Pastor, you kind of got to be awake to pray, right? I've told this story before, um, but one time in Midwestern, in college, I was feeling real spiritual. And so I walked around to every person, and uh, it was a pretty small college, so that didn't take long. Um, but, but I got a list of everything, and I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm just going to get in God's presence and pray for hours, right? So I'm just getting all these requests from people, and I go into the auditorium, no one was there, we were in the sanctuary, and, and the lights were kind of low, and I, I kneeled down on the prayer, um, on, the, on the pew to pray, and like, I don't know how much longer after that I woke up. And I had no idea how, I mean, I started to pray and then I woke up like, I, I don't know how long I was asleep, but right, it's so, it's so easy when you get into that prayer to just kind of zone out and fall asleep. And so you're right, it does help to be awake if we're going to pray, but this has the idea of vigilance. And I think this will kind of help you with that cycle of, of inconsistent prayer. Um, just being vigilant to some things. So what are we to be vigilant of? Well, it's interesting when I was studying this. Um, this same Greek word is actually used in 1 Peter 5.8, where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So first of all, be vigilant, be awake to the fact that you have an enemy. So on Memorial Day today, we're, we're celebrating those who have paid the ultimate price. And, and, and no doubt, parents all over the country today are thinking about those, who, uh, uh, those of their children who are fighting right now for us. And, and I want you to think about, do you think those Christian parents who have, who have children that are in war right now, do you think their prayer life is maybe a little better than yours? Probably, right? That's, that's, that's safe to say that they're probably praying for their children maybe a little more than some of us in here. Why is that? Because they have that wartime mindset. There's that, there's that realization of imminent danger. And so what, what Peter is saying in this verse is you need to be awake to the fact that you have an enemy. We need to be aware that there is an enemy and he's after us and he's after our church and he's after our families. And um, we don't have a lot of time to get into it, but to give you some background of where did Satan come from, he was actually in heaven. He was an angel um, serving God. He was created by God, 
Okay, so it's not like this power struggle between good and evil. It's like God could just smash Satan at any moment. So we need to remember that. But he is very powerful. And what he did is he looked at God and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exalt myself above him. I don't need him. And he actually gathered up a third of the angels, we believe, and rebelled and was cast out of heaven. And now he's roaming the earth looking who he can devour. So, so there are demons and there are demonic activity. And some of you are like, please don't talk about this. I hate this stuff. And I understand that. But it's important that we are aware that there is a battle. Yes. Now, I say this all the time, but I'm not one of those guys that I, that I see a demon behind every bush. Okay? So if somebody comes and says, hey, pastor, I don't think it was God's will for me to come to church last week because my engine just seized up. And then I think the demons and the devil was after me. And I'm like, or maybe you just didn't change your oil for three years, right? <laughs> so so let's, look at, let's look at that first. Okay, but here's what we do with prayer or with, with demons is we jump into two categories. One is everything bad that happens to me was the devil and his demons. Everything. And the other category is, uh, I don't know if that stuff's really real. Um, C.S. Lewis talked about this. There's these two categories that Christians tend to gravitate towards, but it's, it's better just to have a balance. There is an enemy. He is out to get us, but greater is he that is in us than he is in the world, right? So God is in control. God is all-powerful. And guess what? Some of the bad things that happen in your life, God actually put there for your growth. Right. He doesn't want us to be selfish, bratty kids that get everything we want. He wants to put us through some things to shape us into the type of people he has called us to be. But there is an enemy and we need to be aware. And so if we have that idea of we're in a war, Paul talks about us being soldiers. Okay, so, so we're in a battle, we're in a war. I think that'll help us to continue in prayer. Be watchful over the idea that there is a battle. Right, And so those of you who have kids, be aware that there is an enemy out to get your children. So maybe that'll, maybe that'll tell you, to, I'm going to go into my parents or into my children's bedroom. I'm gonna just going to pray. And, and maybe if you have younger children, I wouldn't recommend going in there and saying, all the demons that are in here, be gone in the name of Jesus. Right? You don't want to freak out your kids, but be aware there really is an enemy. And we need to be aware. We need to be vigilant. We need to be watchful. Okay, what's another area we can be watchful over? I would say time time just be vigilant over your time where do you spend your time at a very practical level we don't pray enough because we just don't make time for it it's as simple as that and so rather than feeling guilty after this sermon and saying man i'm a failure in my prayer life and going home and praying for like two days and then falling back into that cycle look at your schedule pick out some times throughout the week that you can consistently meet with god in prayer be, be vigilant be watchful Right? Because otherwise, it's just going to fly away. Time flies. That's what we always say. And, and I always say this, but what doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. It's as simple as that. And so if we're going to make prayer a priority in our, our lives, let's be watchful. Let's be vigilant over our time and use it to the glory of God. And so depending on your season in life, this may be different. Some of you may be able to wake up early and just pray for hours. Right? And and man, you, you play some soft music, you get the word of God out, and, and you're just pouring over God's word, and you got that music playing, and you're just praying for all of us, and, and all your family, and everybody in the world, and, and that's awesome. Some of you may be like, that's not me right now, I've got a crazy busy cycle, and so maybe you pick out three or four times during the day where you just meet with God quickly. Okay, the kids are down for a nap, I'm going to pray really quick, right? Just, just anchor points throughout the day where you can get with God. Some of you maybe aren't very good at praying for hours, so start small. And, and so, so we got to be watchful over our time. John Piper said this. He said, one of the greatest uses of Twitter and Facebook, 
will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. That's sobering. I mean, if you just took the time we spend in social media and in television and things like that, I mean, I think all of us could find some time to pray. There's one more category I thought about as I was praying through this, and and we've got to be vigilant, we've got to be watchful over wandering thoughts. Wandering thoughts, because if we go to prayer and our mind's just somewhere else, right? Like how often have you gone to prayer? Maybe you didn't fall asleep like I did, but you blocked out this time and you start to pray and all of a sudden you're thinking about that conversation you had last night with your spouse. Or you're thinking about that thing you got to pick up at the grocery store later. Or you're thinking about, man, I really need to fix that area in the house where you're sitting there and you're like, what am I doing, right? So, so we've got to be vigilant over those wandering thoughts. So what are some things that can help us in this area, and I think that there's a few that I can give you. Um, first of all, here's one practical tip to start with the Lord's Prayer. Now, if, if you're like me, then you like to use templates to do stuff. So if I'm going to draft a business letter, I like to click on the little Microsoft Word business template and make sure I've got all the right parts in place. And, and when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, he gave us a template on how to pray. His disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, oh, okay, pray like this. Right? So we've got a template in Matthew chapter 6. Go there and study that prayer and look at the different categories. You'll see it's God-centered. You'll see it's submissive to the Father's will. You'll see it doesn't start with rattling off requests. It starts with His glory. Hallowed be thy name. Um, and then you'll see, give us this day our daily bread. So there are requests. So we do ask. And it's daily. Now some people um, in, in overseas and things like that really are praying for physical. Maybe some of you here today are really are praying I don't know where I'm going to get money for tomorrow's meal. Um, For a lot of us, though, we've got enough. So we fall into that idea. My dad always says this, the the rich man pays, the poor man prays, right? And so we we, we fall into that. uh, We don't really need that. But but seriously, every day we do need him. Physical and non-physical. And so when I get to that section, now I love praying through the Lord's Prayer. And what I do is I'll do it a line at a time. And I'll just, I'll personalize it. So our Father, which art in heaven, I'll stop there and I'll just be like, I can't believe that he's my Father. I just can't believe that by the blood of Christ I've been bought and I've been placed into the family of God and now I get to come to him as Father. And not just intimate Father, our Father which art in heaven, so sovereign ruler of the universe and I have intimacy with him. He's my Father. And man, sometimes I'll get stuck on that line and I won't even finish the rest of the prayer because i got to go to work. But man, pray through that. And when I get to give us this day our daily bread, I'm asking for not only daily physical needs, but daily spiritual needs. God, help me to be humble today. Give me wisdom. Your word says if we lack wisdom, then ask for it. So I'm asking for wisdom every morning. I can't remember how many years I've been doing that. Every morning I'm asking for wisdom. And some of you are like, you need to ask a little harder, Pastor. Right? But, but every morning I'm praying for wisdom. Another thing I'm praying every day. This is daily bread for me. God, keep me pure. Keep me pure. How many men have ruined their marriages? How many pastors have ruined their pulpit ministry because they fell into impurity? So I'm begging God daily for purity. And we're walking, and I'm walking through that prayer. And, and man, I'm learning to pray like Jesus taught us. We're his disciples, right? Start with the Lord's Prayer. Another um, practical tip I'll give you, pray in concentric circles. So you've got that five minutes blocked off. Kids are down for a nap, right? And you're going to start praying. Start with yourself. Because there's a lot, of, a lot of things that you need to just, man, I've got this anxiety, I've got these things going on. And pray for yourself, pray for your spouse, pray for your children, pray for your neighborhood, 
pray for your church, pray. And I don't know how wide the circle will go out, but just pray in concentric circles. And that way, when you go to pray, you won't just kind of be not know where to start. Start with yourself, go to your spouse, go to your kids, go to your neighborhood, go to your church. And I'll do that all throughout the day. I'll just, where was I in my circle last time? And, and I'll just keep going from there. And, and normally I try to get to the world stage where I'm praying for Israel. I'm praying for um, Christians all around the world, persecuted Christians and things like that. But, but we start right here because, God, I need you to help my heart first because I'm a sinner. And I need you to bend my heart and my mind back towards you. All right, next, keep a list. It's pretty simple. Pray through a list. Look at verses 3 through 4. Paul gives us a list right here. He says, With all, praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So what's he saying? He's saying, pray for us that God would open doors that we could preach the gospel. And that we would do so in a clear way, that we'd make it manifest, that it'd be clear, it'd be revealed, that we could explain it very clearly to people. Pray for us that God would open doors. That's why I'm locked up right now. That's why I'm in jail right now. So, so pray that God would open doors for us to preach the gospel, to speak the mystery of Christ. So that's something to pray for right there on your list. That, that's like a daily thing, right? That God would open doors for us as a church, that God would open doors for your pastor. I'm constantly looking for opportunities to share the gospel. So pray that God would open doors for me. Um, last week, I had the op- opportunity to do a vow renewal from a couple in the city. And before we, they just found our church online, I met with them. And um, it was a vow renewal, so it wasn't super serious. They didn't even have a lot of people there. But I shared the gospel with their whole family for like an hour in, in, the, in the stock pot. That's, that's an open door. Uh, a couple weeks before that, I had the opportunity to do a funeral. Small little group of people, but you better believe it. I was preaching the gospel. So pray for God to open doors. And, and, but, but keep a list. That's what we can learn from this. Paul says, here's some things to pray for. Right? So keep a list. Another thing, pray scripture. I love this. I love opening my, my favorite passage of scripture. And I read a line, hear from God, and then I respond. And, and I'll just do that. I'll just sit at the, at the uh, table in the kitchen. We've got this little breakfast nook. I'll drink my coffee. I love reading through Romans 8 and 9, for instance, Romans 8, especially um, who can separate us um, from the love of Christ. No one. Right. Um, And so I love just reading a line and then responding. Whatever comes to your mind, it's a conversation. Right. So so many people are like, I just wish I could hear from God. And their Bible is like right next to them. And I'm like, oh, you can. Right. So so get in the word of God, open it and have a conversation with your creator. It's awesome. And you'll be amazed at how that will really stir the conversation because a lot of times we don't know where to start with our prayers. And we've got the word of God. He's speaking to us. So let's converse with him. I mean, I love that. You'll be praying through chapters, like verse by verse. I love praying through the Psalms. I mean, those are prayers. Those are songs. So I love praying through those. And and I love just having a conversation with God. Um, And last thing, now this is like really far from like all those other spiritual categories. But I would say play some soft background music. I like doing that um, because my mind, it needs to be engaged in something. That, that part that just wants to run needs to be engaged in something. You may be different. Like my cousin Tyler, complete silence is what he wants. I'm the type that I, I want background um, music. Usually not with words, just instrumental. Um, if you need some playlists, I've got some. Ask for me. But, but I do that every day. You can ask Shannon. She, she'll hear my music playing. And she knows, okay, he's probably in his, his little prayer time over there. And, um, but, but that helps me to kind of stay engaged, stay focused. So we've got, first of all, um, that we need to be devoted in prayer. Next, we need to be vigilant in prayer. And lastly, we need to be thankful in prayer. 
Be thankful in prayer. Look what Paul says. Continue in prayer. That's devotion. And watch in the same. That's vigilance, watchfulness, awake, alert, with thanksgiving. That's kind of the attitude that permeates our prayers as we enter into the throne room of God. And so listen, if you're a Christian today, you should have an attitude of thankfulness. That should be characteristic in your life. I mean, that should be overwhelmingly noticeable as a Christian. If anything, I always say this, but I've read the end of the book and the good guys win, right? So if you're a Christian today, you're on the winning side. And no matter how bad it gets, I mean, you can watch the news and just be in a frenzy over the state of our country. But we should still be thankful because we're bought with the blood of Christ. We have an eternity where we're going to spend eternity in heaven with him. That's what we have to look forward to. This is temporary. This is momentary. This is a, just a breath in the, in the wintertime, that fog that's there and it's gone. That's, that's our life. That's the struggles that we're going through. These trials, the Bible says, don't even compare to what is ahead. The, the, the beauty, the weight of glory that's ahead. I mean, it's incredible to consider. So we should be thankful. I mean, that should just be an attitude that we've had. Again, you've been bought with the blood of Christ. All your sins are washed away. The record of your debt that stood against you was canceled. Right? We preached on that a few weeks ago. You're destined for glory. You've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus. You were an object of God's wrath at enmity with God. And now you're seated at his table as beloved sons and daughters. That should make us thankful. Amen. That should make us thankful. We should be thankful people. Your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members, people that know you should say, if there's one thing about them, I know that person is thankful. I don't know why, but they're thankful. They're not critical. They're not bitter. They're not always complaining. They're thankful. And why? Because we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, hey, permeate your prayers with thanksgiving. Read through Colossians later, and you'll see thankfulness all throughout it. It's just a theme. I mean, all through, all through the Bible, it's just a theme. It talks about pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. And, and it talks about be thankful because that's the will of God. And everything, give thanks. That's the will of God. So many of us are like, what is the will of God? I'm going to go outside and wait for a plane to write it in the clouds. But God is saying, be thankful. Start there, right? So, so that is the will of God for our life. So we should be thankful. So if we go into our prayer life, let's not forget thankfulness. I have another quote for you. Thanksgiving leavens prayer. So that it does not become merely a selfish pleading to have one's desires fulfilled. Thanksgiving is what fills out our prayers. It balances our prayers so that it doesn't just become a selfish grocery list of the things that we want. Now, listen, God has told us, cast all your care on him because he cares for you. I don't care how small your problem is, bring it to God. I don't care if you are in junior high and you have a big test and you didn't study the night before. Okay, don't, God might not bail you out, but he still says, hey, go ahead and ask. Okay, so we're going to him no matter what it is. We're going to him in prayer just constantly. So many of us feel like I can't pray right now because I need a time and a place and I need to play the music softly and I need to dim the light. No, like we're praying. I love praying in my car. That's a perfect opportunity for me to talk out loud. And people are looking at me like, who's he talking to? Because he doesn't have that blue piece in, right? And so what, what's going on? But I'm praying because I love that. When I'm, when I'm driving, it helps me focus. Pray without ceasing. Pray all the time and have it just balanced with a continual thankfulness. You don't know where to start? Make a list of all the things you're thankful for in your life and thank God for them. 
man, that, that could take us days. So, so let's be thankful. That's what Paul's saying here. So in conclusion, the central thrust of the message today is this. By God's grace, let's be a church that is marked by prayer. Let's just make that something that we're marked by. When you think that, what, what kind of church is that? That's a church that prays. I know that. That's a church that, I mean, all the time they're praying. They're gathering for prayer. They're praying individually. They're praying in small groups throughout the, the week in the community. They're praying for their neighbors. They're praying for their coworkers. They are a church that is marked by prayer. We've been gripped by this idea that our church can only move forward as far as God's hand. And so we're so dependent on God and His grace in our church that we're praying. Just constantly praying. We're desperate for our Father's help. And we're going to that throne room of grace constantly. So if we're honest today, some of you I'm sure are kind of feeling a little bit guilty. If we're just honest, how many of us struggle with this, right? On my hands up, we struggle with this idea of prayer. Now some of you are like, oh no, I don't struggle with it. And, and God's, God's up there like, really? Because I haven't talked to him in like weeks, right? So, so he's not like confused right now. He knows that you struggle with this. And I love this, this phrase in the Psalms. He says he remembers our frame that we are dust. <laughs> I mean, we're just made out of dirt, and he remembers that. He doesn't forget that. And so he gets that we struggle with this. But I'm telling you, rather than looking at it as this chore, this discipline, this guilt, this weight, look at it as a, as a privilege, as a delight, a blood-bought delight that we're able to enter into the throne room of God and meet with our Heavenly Father. When Jesus was on the cross, you probably remember that veil that marked off the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he gave all of us who receive him by faith access to the throne room of God. Amen. I mean, we get to go stand before the very presence of our creator and speak to him as sons and daughters. So let's, let's by God's grace, let's be devoted to prayer. Man, let's just be devoted. Let's just be, we're just going to pray constantly. I mean, we hear a trial from a coworker, and we say, hey, you want to pray about that right now? A neighbor's going through something hard. We're praying. We're praying for our children. We're praying for our church. We're just constantly praying because we need God's grace. So let's be a church that is marked by prayer. That is God's will. Let's be devoted in our prayers. Let's be vigilant in our prayers. Let's be thankful in our prayers. Let's pour out our hearts to God and expectantly wait for the miracle to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this text that just so simply really teaches us how to pray. And Lord, I just ask that, that today in our seats here, as we, as we ponder this, Lord, that we just imagine what you could do in our families, what you could do in our, our church, what you could do in our community, if we became a people that was marked by prayer. Just something, we, just something we were just, I mean, that was our natural reflex, was just to go to you in prayer. So be with us, Lord, that we wouldn't feel a weight of guilt or pressure, but we would see the delight and the joy and the privilege of entering into your throne room and praying. And that today, all of us here in this room would make a decision that we're going to pray. We're going to continue in prayer. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.